hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. is built on nothing less than Jesus' love and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. Christ Savior's love through the storm. He is Lord, Lord of all. When darkness seems to hide in space, I rest on His unchanging scripture reading for us this morning comes to us from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2 through 10. Hear these words. Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. 
Cry out for this nourishment now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. You are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priests. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. As the scriptures say, I am placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem, chosen for a great honor. And anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Yes, you who trust him recognize the honor God has given him. But for those who reject him, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. And he is the stone that makes people stumble, the rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they do not obey God's word. And so they meet the fate that was planned for them. But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Most holy and gracious God, Father, Lord, we give you thanks for this day. We give you thanks for your love, for your grace, and for your joy at work amongst us. We thank you for your love and your hope. And Lord, as we enter into this time, we ask for you to open our hearts and our minds and our ears so that we may be attentive to your word speaking to us. Turn out the distraction of our day and our lives so that we may hear from you in this moment. And Lord, may I become less so that you may be more in this moment. And may the words of my heart and the meditation of my soul be pleasing to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, if children's moments isn't a great foretell, it's that I'm not that good of a builder. That's what I've been told all my life. I'm not good with my hands. I'm not good with nails. I'm not good with a hammer. I'm good with thinking what I need to do. I'm just not good at doing those things. In fact, at Asbury Seminary, there is a gingerbread man that would be used for what was called our kingdom conference, a conference that recognized the greatness of God's kingdom. Yet I turned this gingerbread man into trying to think of, fix it because it was always falling over and always had to be propped up. And so I thought, oh, I can fix this. This is easy. It's just a couple screws on the back of this thing. No problem. A caveman could do this. Well, I turned that gingerbread man into a Frankenstein before I knew it, and I was no longer allowed to do any type of hand tools ever again at Asbury Seminary with the Kingdom Conference. I was just allowed to just hand things out. I'm not good with my hands. I'm not good with tools. But this I do know. 
This I do know, and that is that the first stone that you build and put on any house, any project, is the most important stone that you lay down. That first stone, that first brick, that first of whatever you put and make as the foundation of that home, that building, the church even, is the most important. It has to be level. It has to be even. At a good 90 degree angle because everything else will be built upon it. Whether it's of different materials, whether it was made in different processings, whether it was used in different aspects, whatever comes next has to be built off of that cornerstone, that important stone, that first stone. If that cornerstone, if that first stone, that first brick, that first cinder block, that first whatever, if it is a little crooked, if it's a little off skew, if it's built a little bit too far into the ground, everything else will sink. The house will be uneven. The church will be uneven. The the building itself will be uneven and nothing can be built upon it. And the project will falter. The first stone that's laid is the most important. That I do know in building. And isn't it true for our faith? That first stone is Christ. Christ, who is described throughout Scripture as the cornerstone. The most important stone. All throughout Scripture, we get this reference to God as our cornerstone. Not just in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2 through 10, but throughout Scripture. Of Isaiah in chapter 28, in Psalm 118, and other places, we get this reference of God as the cornerstone, as Christ, as that centering block, the most important thing. So what does it mean for us that Jesus is that cornerstone who makes the weak and strong? What does that mean for us that Jesus is that cornerstone? What does it mean to live that cornerstone out? What, how does that apply to us to not just say Jesus is that foundation, but what does it mean for us that Jesus is the foundation of our very lives? For as we see and as we have said already that 1 Peter does describe this as Jesus is that cornerstone, the one that is imperishable, the one that is important. The one in which everything else is built upon. Placed in Jerusalem for a specific purpose, as he quotes from Isaiah 28, verse 16, that, or verse 6, I'm sorry, that this is important. Placing him at the center of faith, the center of our life, the center of our reality, so that everything we do can give honor and glory to Christ who is our God. Christ, who is our King and our Lord. Jesus is that cornerstone for us. But why? Why is Jesus the most important stone in our life? The one that it, without it, everything else would falter. The one who without it being at the center of our lives, everything else would crumble. 
See, Jesus is the cornerstone because he was the pre-incarnate one. Before you and I were even a thought in our parents' eyes, before we were even born, there was God. And there was Jesus and the Spirit, the three working in one. And it is God who sent Jesus to us to walk amongst us as the living incarnate of God's word. The living incarnate of God's love. Jesus came and walked amongst us as God himself, for he is God. And as he walked amongst us, he taught us about what it meant to follow in God's footsteps. He taught us the word because he is that word. He taught us what it meant to love God, to seek truth, to honor grace. He taught us what it meant to love our enemies, to love our neighbor as ourself, and to seek holiness because God himself is holy. He taught us these things because it is he who is the word and who is the wisdom. But he didn't just teach us, he also showed us what it meant to love and what it meant to live out truth. He opened the doors of faith for the forgotten and the marginalized, the poor and the oppressed, the lost and the lonely, and welcomed the sinners at the table of fellowship. He welcomed people. Even died for his people. Gave of his life for you and me and all of us because of those things that we do in our life that are counter to God's desires. The words that we say, the things that we do, the things that we have left unsaid, the things that we have left undone, the things that we've never even thought about. Those things that scripture tells us leads us to eternal death. Jesus said, I will pay that price for you and for me. And for all of us. So that you will never be separated from God ever again. But death wasn't the end. It was the only just another part of the story. For the resurrection came that affirmed who Jesus is. Our Lord, our God, our King. And for all of that, Jesus is the cornerstone. The most important thing in our life. The most important aspect of the foundation of our life, our faith, our hope. And everything else in our life gets built upon that foundation of Christ. For Christ calls us to be a new people, built upon his cornerstone. Calls us into a new community, calls us to be a fellowship of believers, not just those of us who have gathered here at P. Ridge and I Methodist because we just wanted to get out of the rain, but because we desire something deeper in our lives. 
All of us, brothers and sisters together, Methodists, Baptists, Catholics and Protestants, Orthodox and everyone else in between. We're all part of this great community that Jesus, the cornerstone, is forming and continues to form based on his truth, his love, his grace, his desires. Jesus is that cornerstone and everything else in our life is built upon it. Everything in our church is built upon that cornerstone. We can't be a people of God without being formed and found in that foundation of Christ. We can't be a church without being formed and found in that foundation of Christ. We can't be God's people without being formed and found in that foundation of Christ. Yet Peter tells us there's a temptation for us to have anything but God be our cornerstone. He uses a quote from Psalm 118 that says that the cornerstone that came from God has been rejected by others. And it makes us think, who was the one that rejected the cornerstone? And it's easy to start blaming everyone else in the world, but sometimes we've got to start thinking about ourselves here. And where do we reject God as being that cornerstone? That most important stone, the one in which everything gets built upon. You see, we reject that cornerstone when everything in our life, everything in our communities, everything in our foundations gets built upon the things of this world. When we look at what the world's ideology is and the world's power, the world's wealth, the world's status, the world's desires, the way the world describes each of us, and we say, ooh, that's, that's appealing. I like that. I, I like this way of power. I like this way of status. I like this way of, of separating ourselves from each other. I like this way that we just go around labeling each other. I like this. When that becomes our cornerstone, our faith can't be built. It becomes this cornerstone that is wobbly, kind of sinking in the sand a little bit and built off of useless material. It might look appealing. It might look like it can be built upon. It is probably more like those rubbery things I buy Noah sometimes to help him with his sensory. It looks like it's going to form, but give it about 24 hours and it will bust. Trust me, I know. When we build our, our life off of the world, when we built our whole connection off this world, we sink. We struggle. And we become more defined by the world than we are of Christ's love. And we need to be careful about this even in the church. Because it's easy for us to say, oh, I love Jesus, but yet our foundation is built upon our ideology, our power, our own desires, or even we build the church off of everything else but what God desires for us. Christ is that cornerstone. Christ has to be that cornerstone. 
And nothing else has to, is more important than Christ in our life. And when we see that, we become a new people. We become a new creation. We become this holy group of people that God is centering us around. Called out to be countercultural in a world that is broken and hurting and struggling, even just to welcome and love each other. We are called to be grace and called as a community to witness to the cornerstone, to point people to it, and to say, this is the world's true foundation. This is what will never let you down. This is what will never walk away from you. This is what will hold you strong in terrible times and good times and all the points in between. You see, because of the cornerstone, because of Christ, because of what he's done in our lives, you and me, all of us, we're part of this royal priesthood. And we're called to give, like the priests, honor and glory to God. You see, the work of the priest was to give glory to God on behalf of the community. To lead in worship, to lead in prayers, to lead in service. But all of us are the royal priesthood. All of us are called to give worship to God. All of us are called to give prayer to God. All of us are called to give service to God. All of us are to give witness to the community that stands against the dark forces of evil in this world. All of us are called to give witness to God in the midst of our community, in the midst of our world that would rather reject the cornerstone. We are called to point people to that centering rock to say this is the one that everything is built upon. Through our words, our actions, our deeds, through our very lives, we are to point others to what is true, what is forever, what will never fall, what will always be present. And that is Christ and Christ alone. We are called to give witness to Christ with our words, our actions, and our deeds. We are called to be formed in Christ. And so we come to the table this morning to remember that Christ is our cornerstone. To remember that if we seek to truly live for Christ, then Christ must be that foundational piece in our life. To remember that we are called not just to have that Jesus as our cornering peace of life, but to give witness to God, to tell others about Jesus. So let us remember that we are part of something bigger. And let us remember who is truly the centering rock of our life. And let us point people to what truly matters what truly holds us true and what will never let us go. Christ, our cornerstone, who's made the weak strong and who has never let us down. Will you pray with me? 
Most holy and gracious God, Father, Lord, we give you thanks for this day. We give you thanks for your love, for your grace, and for your joy amongst us. Lord, help us to remember that you are our cornerstone. Help us to tell your story and give witness to you through our words and our actions and our deeds. Through Christ we pray. Amen.